the threats change so rapidly. I mean, the hacker groups are professional organizations, and so you need a team. You can't just have local Joe, you know, screwdriver guy doing it as, as a, a part-time gig, because we are a target. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And I'm Roman Kepchak, Director of Firm Technology Strategy for Right Networks. Wow, Roman, thanks for joining us. We're here at uh, Countex USA in Boston. Uh, we're interviewing lots of uh, important people, you being one of them. <laughs> well, I'd like to see one of those too. You have the ability to speak about a billion things. Yep. So one of the things I was thinking is like, why don't we just do a security one? Like, okay. like, like views of security. We talk about security all the time on the podcast. Ransomware is rampant right now. Uh, again, we talked about ransomware. Malware. Malware. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and with desktop hosting providers that are getting ransom, the in-sync outage attack, a CCH getting shut down temporarily by, what was that? That was malware. Yep. Not oh. ransomware in that case, but. That it's dentist safe. So there's something called dentist safe and they back up dental med medical records. They got ransomware last yep. week. Many city, local government cities have been uh, taken down and and had to completely rebuild their systems, right? Well, I think there was like 22 cities in Texas that were all using kind of the same infrastructure and they all got hit with the same ransomware that's out there. Matter of fact, I was at a, a conference um, last month and Gene Marks was speaking and he one of his predictions was that four out of five firms and the companies in the next year will be ha hacked by something and have like ransomware that they have to work around. So that's why it's so important to make sure you have a, a process of good backups that you're testing them so that in the event your firm does get hit, you know, the solution honestly is, you know, wipe out the servers, restore the data and get the people back up and running. So, yeah, what does that actually look like? Because it, it sounds like with in a lot of these cases, there weren't backups being made or the backups got themselves infected. infected exactly. So how do you ensure that you actually have backups that are up to date and that you can actually restore in the case of one of these attacks? Well, what happens is you got to be doing constant shadow copies. And so like Microsoft by default has the capability on the servers where every hour any file that's been changed, those components that have changed can be backed up to the main server. So we do what's called disk to disk offsite. So inside, you, if, if a firm is doing their own stuff, they'll have a set of, um, like I said, their standard servers, then they'll have their backup servers, and then they'll be shadowing copying nonstop to that secondary set. And then during the evening or when there's a slow time, it'll back up all those images up there so you can restore to a different version. Now, what's unfortunate is, is you've got to be able to catch the malware as it's spreading out there. And so there's tools, intrusion detection, prevention, software to kind of identify it. And so if you catch it quick enough, then you can restore to that last version. I've had scenarios that were, you know, firms were not checking their backups. And basically when they tried to restore, they found like, like months back, there was the, there no, was malware no, and stuff was in, in there. there. Yep, and so they had to keep going back and back and losing data the whole time. So that's one of the benefits of the cloud. That software is a higher level quality software that's testing more frequently and it knows when something weird's going on and all of a sudden starts encrypting files randomly that can shut it down much quicker. There's this over assumption like, well, it's in the cloud. I don't have to take any personal responsibility and make more back to yourself. But yes, you need to pull your own stuff down occasionally, put it on a external hard drive, throw it in your safe. like. It's not that the cloud's not reliable. It's just if there is an outage, if there's a ransomware attack, like you can keep working if you have your own stuff. But people, I think, just they, there's this assumption like, well, it's in the cloud. And it's really confusing with the hosting type situations, right? Because well, that's why you need to ask your hosting provider, yeah. you know, what is the scenario? And so give it, having them explain to you examples of where clients have clicked on ransomware and how did they recover from those things? Because we have we have scenarios every week where one of our clients' employees clicks on a phishing email and all of a sudden you realize their credentials have been 
compromised, but we have a procedure that basically knows immediately how to shut it down, pretty much contain where the damage is, and then get them back up and running. So th th it brings up what's important is, is the phishing training of employees. That is what's got to happen. And like, if that's, it seems like the two roots to all the attacks of whether it's ransomware or malware is either compromised credentials, that's someone gets your password, or they click on that phishing email. And so um, we do a bunch of surveys through a group called the CPA Firm Management Association. That's the larger firms, you know, between 10 and 200 members. And the top three products they use is like PhishMe, um, know before and Wombat Security. And these are services that will send phishing emails to your people and then let you know who clicks on them. And then it does oh. constant training, like just in time training. Right. Um, with right networks, we always um, use no before. So, so we're required every six months to go through. Actually, it's like almost every three months now <laughs> where they send us emails and then we have to do a training module. So, so that one, like That's your really FedEx smart. package is ready. Click yeah. here for the status. I'm like, what did I order? I don't click those links. Okay. Well, and you know, we're getting close to the holiday season. So um, the, the Better Business Bureau puts out their list of the dirty dozen phishing threats. And so we tell all of our firms, look through that list because exactly what you said, FedEx, Target gift card. Hey, we noticed your Costco membership's time for renewal and they get somebody. It's like someone clicking on a you know Bank of America link. If you know, they send you a Bank of America, a Wells Fargo, a, a Chase. Click and, here to uh, log in, takes yep. you to a fake login page that looks exactly Back. like the regular one, except for the URL. Yep. And they're doing and, it on your smartphones now too. Uh-huh. That's what's crazy is, is they can there and with the smartphone, you can't see the full URL. Whereas on your computer, you can hover over right. it and see it all the yeah. way, but not on the smartphone. Wow. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Right Networks. In a perfect world, everyone would have 100% of their clients on a cloud-based accounting system using cloud-based apps. But the world isn't perfect and clients have a wide range of needs. And for some, this means using desktop-based software. That's where Right Networks comes in. Right Networks is your 100% accounting-focused desktop in the cloud that also includes an ecosystem of over 250 connected apps. As you and your clients take the journey to the cloud, Right Networks will be at your side, innovating the best ways to leverage the true cloud future by investing heavily in cloud apps like Transaction Pro and Autofy. They've created an always-on environment that supports 24-7 data transfer. Right Networks also offers no scheduled downtime for maintenance or application updates and meets the industry's highest security standards. To join the more than 50,000 firms that use Right Networks daily with their clients, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash rncloud. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash rncloud. And be sure to visit the Right Networks booth in San Jose at QuickBooks Connect 2019. So you, you said there are two, I think you said there's two main vectors of attacks. Uh, yep. So the phishing emails are one. What was the other one? Well, it's the compromised oh, credentials. Compromised credentials. And what happens is the hacker groups have these bots and utilities that, for instance, if I hack into your Marriott account and I will use that login and password, I know automatically to go to your IHG account, to your Hilton account, your Kimpton account. It goes to all those and tests. Well, they do the same thing in the CPA firm. There's groups that attack accounting firms. And once I know that, I've, let's say I've compromised your C paperless safe send credential. I'll try that on your Thomson Reuters, your CCH. They they have these tools that just go through automatically. Because you're not using you're not using a random password for every single site you're going to using the same password. Which I mean, 
I probably did for the first eight years of me being on the internet. Same we, years we all same did. password everywhere. Yeah, we, yeah. we all did, and that's because it was easy to remember. And so for small practitioners, we do recommend password wallets, and that would be like LastPass, you know, RoboForm, Keeper, all those type of products. But as soon as you get to four or five members, you want it managed. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the, the tools like Duo and Okta, what happens is it creates, once you log into any website, it sends a code to your phone or your smartwatch that you can click on, and then it allows access. And so, so these are the single sign-on tools <clears throat> that you mentioned. Well, multi-factor authentication. Multi-factor authentication. And sometimes it's called dual-factor authentication. Yeah. But like, um, what happens is, let's say I'm an UltraTax user, and um, someone tries to log into my account. Because on the dark web, you can buy, there's lists of UltraTax users, passwords, and logins. If you try to log into my account at 3 o'clock in the morning, it sends a code to my phone. Right. While I sleep through it, well, the next morning when I wake up, I see that someone tried to log in. They couldn't get in because I didn't authorize it. But then I know my um, credentials have been compromised and have to get, you know, change them immediately. Yeah, and, and I think like there's layers, right? I think like your Google account, your Apple account, your um, Verizon, your T-Mobile, like there's certain accounts that you have to have super extra security levels, right? Yep. And, and you better have two-factor on because if they get your Google one, then it's just a domino effect. They can probably get everything because they can just start resetting other passwords you have on other sites. And um, one thing I'm, I have on a, like my most secure clients, I use a, a YubiKey, like yep. a physical hardware device now as well because I, I hear these horror stories of cell phone... Uh, Swapping. Yep. Oh, yeah, the SIM, sim, sim attacks. Simming, yep. right. attack, sure. um, so well, YubiKey got hacked, number. too. I don't know if you saw that. No. One, what happened is they have a series <laughs> of like... Breaking news. No, they had six different um, formats, I guess. And one of the formats, someone had figured out the algorithm and posted it. Because within Right Networks, we use uh, we have like a security profile. You know, it's like a Yammer talk. Mm -hmm. And basically, I was doing a speech on YubiKey. And someone popped that up there and said, hey, all these have to be replaced. And they replaced like a million of them. Okay. It was, I mean, they fixed it immediately. Yeah. But it's one of those things you always have to be very cognizant of those tools. But I, I agree with you. The YubiKey is better multi-factor authentication with credentials than not having it. And um, in a lot of our markets, there are local consultants working with small firms that prefer those products. And you know what? If it's installed by a qualified installer, it's as secure you're going to get. And for, for our listeners who have never seen a YubiKey, it, it looks like a very small USB drive. Yeah, right? with, the, you, with the skin covered up, pulled off of it. Yeah, yeah. so you, you plug that in and then you press a button on it and it generates this random code. It authenticates. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you, so the workflow and, and GoDaddy has done it very, very well and which is good because if you get to GoDaddy, now you get my email and now everything's a domino, right? Yeah. But GoDaddy, so you you set the key, you associate with GoDaddy, mm -hmm. and so you log into GoDaddy, but instead of getting a text message like everybody else gets, I have to touch my key. Yep. And now Firefox has good support for it. Actually, Windows 10 now has good support for the, the hardware-based keys, but I don't set it up on every single website I go to, but just the important ones. Absolutely. The super ones that I, I like, I want to make sure nobody can log in unless they have, they have the physical device. Yep. If it's yeah. anything that's financial, if it's got personal identifiable information, that stuff is what you block. You know, in there. And I've gotten to the point actually where I do certain things on my iPad, like when I'm doing browsing and just mm -hmm. looking, I just don't do that on my computer or you know, my smartphone. Right. You know, right, because if, if that gets messed up, no one cares. I don't care. <laughs> so, but I do have to use multiple devices. You know, I have a routine. I do my banking online in the morning. I check all my accounts because I, I travel about 120 days a year. And so I'm swiping both the company card and my personal card everywhere. And so every morning I check to see what you know, has is impending mm -hmm. and um, you know, you catch things before they get passed through. 
Yeah. So, so pulling things back to firm security, yeah, I just want to like review what we've talked about so far. So we've talked about um, multi-factor authentication, Absolutely. whether that's a UB key, a physical key, or a authenticator app on your phone. Yep. I don't know if we talked about that, but that's another option. Yep. And and do you have any recommendations like for like a firm, like somebody's listening and they want to get started with it? What do you, what do you like? Well, one thing we always do is like, if it's a firm that does their own network infrastructure and yeah, support, yeah. you know, ask firm. how much training their internal IT person has. And we find that they don't. Yeah. So well, they, they often don't have an IT person. Yeah. Right? But so. even at like if they have an external person, ask right. how much security training they've gotten. It's better to have a third party look at what they're doing mm -hmm. and check their work. And so that's one of the things like within Right Networks, we have uh, two or three different security providers who are constantly checking us and doing, you know, like different external testing. security providers. External, external, correct. You know, we have a strong team doing this, but you, you have to have other people checking because the, the threats change so rapidly. I mean, these the hacker groups are professional organizations. And once they learn how to hack one tool, they, they use that same tool on all similar situations. And they, they've recorded information, they've captured everyone's servers, and so they know who to attack. Yeah. So you need to constantly be vigilant, and so you need a team, and um, you can't just have local Joe, you know, screwdriver guy doing it as, as a, a part-time gig, because we are a target. So one of the problems with some hosting companies is that one firm will get infected, and then it spreads. Yep. How do you at Right Networks prevent that from happening, a spread within, you know, from firm to firm, from server to server. Like, yeah. I, I, um, I, I can tell you that, you know, we are a SOC 2 uh, certified data center yeah. and all that, and we follow all the protocols for that. Um, we can't tell you what we're doing internally. Um, our clients know. Mm -hmm. we, we have a document that tells them what it explains what that is. But, um, don't worry, no hackers are listening to the Cloud Accounting podcast. You, <laughs> you can just never know. <laughs> you know, it's a very small world we live in. We all know each other. Everyone knows everyone. And so. So, so but you have ways of putting up walls. They're already housed. They're yeah, housed separately. Yep. Okay, gotcha. And I think, you know, what happens is with the, with the three hacks that happened previously, we all learn from them. It's not like, you know, CCH and CTRM were in a vacuum and all that. When it happened, the information was spoken in the background and all that. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're all in the same game. How, how, uh, what recommendations do you have for accountants and accounting firms when dealing with their clients' passwords and records? Because you're seeing this a lot, like, with banks, right? Only a couple banks have an ability to, if I want to add Blake as my accountant, I can invite him to my account. And he has his own username and password, but he has access to my bank account. And so many, like lots and lots of bookkeepers and accountants have their clients' usernames, passwords. Some of them For are setting up things, not phone numbers to, to route through second form authentications. Like how, what, what do you recommend firms do? Like, should you recommend like, don't do it at all because you're liable? Like yeah, there's just no good answer to that. Okay. Honestly, we find that most commonly what we see is honestly like a spreadsheet that's encrypted. And we know that yeah. Yeah. there's hacker tools for every spreadsheet that's out there that's stored under a weird name on their machine and we recommend against that. And so if the client can use a product like a password vault where there's a one unique code and then that is is utilized. That's probably as good as going to get. But you know, as a CPA, I've got to say you shouldn't, you know, share your passwords out there. But we know firms are doing it because mm -hmm. they're getting access to those those business accounts. And then even I was thinking, uh, which I was even on a personal level with my wife and my kids, like you can email me the username, but then text me the password or like separate them. Yep. You can never let them travel together in the same conversation. No, because it, there, there's always one person listening to it. Even, we concern that sometimes even with the email, you know, good hacker tools now are actually looking out there for those weird 
like if something that's not a word in the English language, it's really long mm -hmm. or a past phrase, they can pull those out of the, the texts now. It's, it's scary. Roman, I, the thing I learned today, today I learned that these companies exist that will test your employees with fake phishing attacks. What was the name of the service that you like? Well, there's three that always show up in the surveys. Yeah. Number one is called No Before, uh -huh. K-N-O-W-B-E, and then the number four. Then there's fishme, P-H-I-S-H, me.com. Mm -hmm. And then Wombat was the third that showed up on our survey. And is this something that like, I, I, as a CPA firm, could sign up for? And, Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's um, you know an annual fee per user. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know the prices. I know it came with like at Right Networks we, that we sign up for and all 300 of us have to go through it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's what a great way to educate your team, because if they fall for it, you know, they 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 know that they won't do it again or hopefully they won't do it. again. Correct. Yeah. And, and then the training that follows up, it knows the type of thing you fell for. Mm -hmm. So they have very specific training for that type of thing. So like when you see someone, even if they hover over the name, there's a, like if it says like bank.com and has a slash afterwards with a word, that's okay. But if it's another dot and another word, you know, going down, they have training on how to look at that specifically. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks so much for all this insight on security, Roman. Um, if people want to follow you online, get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Probably on the, the Right Networks blog. You know, I write for CPA Practice Advisor, Thomson Reuters. I write eight columns for the AICPA, and we retain the right to publish those all on, you know, rightnetworks.com slash blog. Right. And as always, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Blake T. Oliver. And I'm on Twitter at David Leary. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Roman.